pass holders. Rush line. Always you wrestle inside me. This is Talking Terry, the Terrence Malick podcast. Okay, uh, immediate reactions here from, uh, I'm here with uh, my brother, Richard Beer. Uh, we just walked out of uh, the Elgin screening of A Hidden Life. Uh, first initial thoughts, Rich. It was the best screensaver I've ever watched. <laughs> it was beautiful, wasn't it? It was a beautiful looking film, uh, very uh, thoughtful. All the characters were, were uh, thought-provoking in their own, uh, their own way. Mm-hmm. A lot of a uh, lot of wheat threshing, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of wheat, uh, a lot of grass, mountains, a lot of, a lot of swing, right? yeah, yeah. grass mountains. Just sort of people like up against walls a lot, just you know, <laughs> just with their thoughts up against those walls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, would you, do you feel that if you were in a similar position, uh, that that you would um, uh, uh, resist? Uh, um, do, do peaceful resistance in terms of uh, pledging to Hitler? No, I would have. I would have totally signed. Uh, whatever I had to say to get out of there, I wouldn't have uh, done it. I would have. I would have taken my uh, wife's suggestion, just running to the mountains. Yeah, run, yeah, run to the mountains. That's what she said. I was like, yes, run, <laughs> run, to, run to those mountains. All right, thank you very much, Rich. Thanks. Thank you. And that is our new theme song, uh, written by Jeremy Woodcock. Uh, thank you to Jeremy. Uh, we are, have, n- have stopped using the uh, trap uh, remix of uh, Saint Saint Simon's um, Aquarium. Um, so thank you to thank you to uh, to Jeremy for that. Um, at JW Pencil and Pad on Twitter. He's a fantastic Twitter uh, follow and um, uh, a great musician as well. And uh, you also heard um, initial reactions uh, following the, um, uh, the premiere, the public premiere at least, of A Hidden Life. Uh, that was my brother, Richard Beer, and I, um, having just exited the Elgin theater, uh, walking along, um, uh, Victoria street, uh, getting our, our, our first, uh, initial, uh, responses to this, to this movie, which, um, he did refer to it as the most beautiful, uh, screen. <laughs> uh, I think I was a little bit higher on that movie. Um, I loved it. Uh, I, I thought it was maybe not surprising for a guy who hosts a, a one man, Terrence Malick podcast, um, but it was beautiful. I, th- I thought it was um, uh, moving and um, uh, obviously gorgeous to, to to look at, and the and the the, the, the score uh, is James Newton Howard. It's unbelievable. It's beautiful, and um, the performances by August Deal and um, Valerie uh, Patcher. I hope I'm saying her name right. Austrian actress are unbelievable. They're just so, it's such a deeply felt movie. Um, yeah. And we, I will talk more in depth about, uh, hidden life. Hopefully I have some guests. I keep talking about guests being on the show. Uh, 
<laughs> so far, the only guest I've had is my brother um, being um, uh, surprised by a um, an iPhone being stuck in his face as we walked out of a movie, um, a movie theater. I should say a theater theater. The Elgin, that's, that's where the premiere happened, is um, uh, just a gorgeous place to see a movie. I mean, it's... Really makes you yearn for the, um, uh, you know, the old movie palaces of old. Uh, not to disparage, uh, you know, the Scotiabank Theater, um, <laughs> where uh, the elevator or the escalator never works, and you're eh, whatever. Uh, it's nice, and uh, actually, um, Valerie Packner um, made mention of it before the movie. How how wonderful it is to to see a movie, and she said it reminded her of the silent movie silent movie days um and uh that's interesting because movies and film figure into this into a hidden life um there's historical footage that the movie begins with uh again i'm not gonna spoil anything i'm not gonna this movie doesn't come out till december um but you know there's newsreel footage of the nazis of germany um of Hitler, and um, it's very, very powerful if kind of familiar, and in fact, that familiarity of those images, not the specific images, but of, you know, bombed out cities, of Hitler, of the rallies, is just, it's just chilling, and it's, and it, and it really, um, sets the stakes and having the actual footage is, um, you know, it's powerful. I, I, I feel like we've sort of become, um, numb a little bit to that. You know, when, when I was a kid, my, my dad used to watch this TV show, which I can't even remember the name of it, but it was just, it, it was like a world war two show that would be on like in the afternoon. And you just become kind of, numb to it or or it's it's you know the black and white footage of howitzers going off and people marching in tanks and stuff but when it's put into the context within this movie of how that affects normal people everyday people it's very very powerful and it shows a different side of the war in the way that the thin red line showed a different side of the war of these very young um, individuals who were troops, you know, out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Um, this shows everyday people, you know, hidden away from the reality, or not the reality, but the, the combat of the war being affected by the war in other ways and the ways that that manifests is the changing in attitude, um, the creeping, um, uh, racism, uh, the sort of, uh, nationalism, uh, the rise in <laughs> demagogues, so if you can, you don't have to go too far to see how that affects us now. 
and uh, one character at some point who's looking around the little village in um, uh, in uh, Austria, Radegund, which again I'm potentially mispronouncing that, uh, sees how people are acting, sees how the mayor, the mayor in particular <laughs> is acting. Uh, this mayor, I'll tell you what, I don't know what platform this guy ran on, but uh, he is. <laughs> He's on one. Um, uh, strong, strong platform. I won't again say too much, but um, just to seeing the creeping um, distrust and lawlessness that that sort of are cre- that are creeping in with uh, the encroachment of the Nazis and of uh, that kind of um, mindset. Uh, one character says, who's, who's afraid for his family and looking around, he says, the mask is off now. The mask is off. And again, it's hard not to look around and see the parallels in the world now and how what was feared after the election in the U.S. in 2016, that um, uh, Trump's victory would embolden people, uh, I think has been born to be true. And I think that, you know, we, we've seen this before and, uh, the mask is off, uh, to a degree there in the States and the mask is off in this, in Austria, in this movie. And so it's a very, very, um, very beautiful movie, a very touching movie, a very sad movie, very heartbreaking movie. Uh, and as it relates to other Terrence Malick movies, it's interesting because it's very much of a style, very much of um, his pre- his preoccupations and his methods um, are all there, and I and I and I think are are done just about as well as in any movie he's he's ever made. Really, um, the difference is is that it's uh, there's obviously more of a script <laughs> than in than in uh, the last couple of movies. There's more dialogue. You're, I was struck by how much dialogue um, happens. There is the voiceover, but even that is contextualized in the form of letters. Um, and in fact, this movie is based on a book of um, Franz uh, Jagerslatters, or Jagerslatters, again, mispronouncing everyone's name. I don't do any research for this, but um, his his letters um, uh, as he was being um, uh, imprisoned for uh, um, refusing to pledge loyalty to to Hitler um, uh, as as a uh, as an act of um, uh, defiance. It's the word I'm looking for. Again, if I had anyone else here, I could bump peaceful non-compliance. Anyway, uh, the voiceover, which is a trademark, obviously, is contextualized in the form of these letters, and they are very, very moving. And uh, the degree to which these are the actual letters, I don't know. I have to imagine some of them, at least maybe all, potentially all of them are, but they're just 
and so this this gives context to the um, to the to the classic Malik voiceover, and it sort of gives it a an, an added heft. But yeah, so the the it's more linear than certainly than Tree of Life. You know, there's, at no point does it flash back to the beginning of time. There are no dinosaurs in this. Um, it, it's it's telling this person's story in a very sort of intimate and and focused way in in focused in the Terrence Malick way. So I'm it's funny, it's like a drug or something like that. Like you just get used to <laughs> or like a heavily salted seasoned meal. Like you just get used to something that's so heavily seasoned that when you when you have something else you're like, "Oh, this is this is you know, this is refreshing. This is different." Uh, so I'm, I'm making it sound like this is, um, you know, a, a straightforward, um, you know, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home or whatever. It's still very much a Terrence Malick movie. It's nearly three hours long. There's many diversions. I wouldn't even put them as diversions, but, you know, of nature, of um, contemplation, of of, of uh, digressions to talking about things like faith, um, representations of Jesus. It's a, it's a very, very religious movie. It's an unapologetically Christian movie, um, but one that pushes back explicitly and implicitly on the kind of... Um, politicization and hypocrisy that comes from institutions uh, that we are, again, potentially seeing with the evangelical embrace of Donald Trump, but also, um, you know, the Catholic Church. Catholic Church does, The Catholic Church does not come out looking great in this movie, um, despite it being, you know, arguably a Catholic movie. It's a movie about a Catholic saint. Um he was um, beatified by uh, um, uh, by Ratzinger um, uh, maybe ten years ago. Um, so it's very much uh, it very much deals with the questions of devotion and what that means personally interpersonally, the devotion between a husband and wife, the devotion to um, a country, and a devotion to God, and the devotion and what, where those f fracture from each other, and where those are in conflict with each other, and, and um, also devotion to yourself, and how that, how that relates to things. It's, it's, it's full of ideas but it remains very, very focused on these characters and this town. And the town um, uh, plays such a, such a role. I mean, he, Malik, is obviously interested in um, – this comes up often, the idea of, of Eden spoiled, of, of Eden being disrupted. And you see it in, in um, Tree of Life in the New World kind of explicitly. And um, you, you see it here in the, in the vision of sort of 
Eden as this sort of pastoral domestic uh, paradise um, that gets disrupted by the outside, corrupted by the outside world and corrupted by, um, you know, ideas, uh, um, uh, malevolence and sort of a, and sort of a, a perversion of, of, uh, of human nature. Um, so in that sense, it's obviously very, <laughs> very biblical. There's a Christ figure in this movie as well, of course. Um, and it is, yeah, it, it, it's stunning. You know, there, there is, if I, 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 I don't, I don't want to make it sound like this is, it, it's certainly more accessible than the last couple movies, certainly more than the sort of experimental, um, almost collage or pastiche kind of movies that, that he was making about, you know, modern day, uh, debauchery and, and disconnection. Um, but at this, you know, I, I would love for this movie to be shown uh, to have church groups go to this movie like they rolled out for um, Passion of the Christ or um, what was that stupid abortion movie, Unplanned? Was that the name of that movie? Um representations of religion um there's there's a scene where franz is speaking to a painter this is one of my favorite mo scenes in the movie where he's speaking to a, a painter at the local church who's who talks about how he paints comforting uh or generic depictions of christ um that he doesn't have the courage to paint the true christ to show what it what what christ actually actually was he this is he makes something that's comforting, um, uh, as opposed to something that's discom discomforting. Um, and I think that that is a, perhaps a dig or not a dig, but a critique of that kind of, you know, the God is dead, um, unplanned. What was the one with, um, Kirk, Kirk Cameron, um, left behind those kind of things, those kind of demagogue Christian evangelical movies that are successful. Um, and, um, uh, it would be nice. That's all I'm saying. It would be nice if this was treated as something that as the, as the religious spiritual movie that it is. Um, that being said, speaking of depictions of Christ, Terrence Malick's next movie is allegedly a movie about the life of Christ. So that's very, very interesting. I think that, that, that was in that, in that movie, uh, in hidden life was actively discussed. Uh, so that's, that's interesting to see what, what will come from that. Um, the reaction in the theater at the Elgin was pretty rapturous. I have to say there was a standing ovation for the actors, August Deal and, uh, Valerie Packner. Um, Terrence Malick did come out and, um, uh, did some uh, um, did some carpool karaoke stuff. He um, played some games with the audience, uh, laid down some cardboard, um, did some break dancing. It was amazing. Like it was amazing to see. He's like seventy something years old. No, I'm just kidding. No, he wasn't there. <laughs> he wasn't there. Um, 
but uh, it was yeah it was it was a uh, I, as I said the audience responded to it now you know if the, it, there's some uh, I would say there's some scenes where some portions of it where things get kind of repetitive but uh, maybe intentional you know uh, if I was locked away in a Nazi prison I'm sure that would seem pretty repetitive and tedious <laughs> um, trying. Um, again, the performances are, are excellent from everyone. And the, um, August Deal, who is, I guess, in Inglorious Bastards, um, is outstanding. Valerie Packner is un- just so, so deeply felt. Like you just feel this, it's a very complex portrait of the, of the long suffering wife. Um, uh, Bruno Ganz is in it. Uh, his his last movie. He gives a very brief but very very beautiful performance. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's a very complex portrait of what it must have been like to engage with the war in a way that was both very very present but also kind of abstract. By that I mean, we are not. There are no scenes of people pointing rifles at each other or running over hills and blow and throwing grenades or tanks rolling. We hear airplanes. We never see airplanes. It's sort of overhead and looming. You know, a reminder that this is this is happening. And if that was the case, and someone said, "Why don't you? You're a farmer." Are you going to pledge, you know, who's, who's conscripted into the Austrian army? Well, what difference does it make? Just pledge, pledge to, to Hitler. A lot of people, and I think this is the point of the movie, a lot of people would just make that, make that decision. And my brother joked about it. <laughs> Actually, he said he would run into the woods. Um, my, you know, it's the idea that you would equivocate and this comes up over and over again um to just say it you know believe what's in your heart but just say the say it to, in order to to save yourself and your family um is eminently reasonable <laughs> especially if you're away from the away from the 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 action so to speak like if you're off somewhere else and eh, like you could say an argument can be made what difference does it make what difference does it make? And this movie over and over again and this story over and over again shows what the difference is um, to taking a stand to even if it's symbolic and even if it's personally devastating, the high cost of doing that, the high cost of devotion. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be... Um, talking about this obviously some more assuming that this podcast continues <laughs> I, I will say this though the trailer is extremely beautiful um for a hidden life and and i've watched it a, a number of times if you're interested in seeing this movie if you're listening to this podcast the four or five of you who'd listen to this i assume you are i would say don't watch the trailer anymore there's no big spoilers although and i'm hesitant to even talk about this the, the trailer does reveal kind of a big moment in the in the movie um, that I didn't realize is a big moment when you're watching the trailer, but it's sort of a pivotal 
moment in this movie. It's like, I guess they got to sell this thing, but anyway, um, the other thing, um, I would say is, um, see it on the big screen. Obviously when, when it comes out, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful that it's hopefully going to get a fairly wide release. See it on the big screen. See the sound is enveloping. The sound is, uh, the, the images are, are gorgeous. Um, so I would say this is definitely something to be, to be seen on a big screen. Um, all right. So now we are going to switch gears for a moment. That's, that's what we're going to talk about a hidden life for now. I think I got it. I think I got all the points I wanted to hit there. It's something I'm going to be thinking about quite a bit. Um, there was another segment, if you could call it that, of this podcast that I want to start, which is, uh, I'm going to call it, um, cut, cut Terry, the check, cut Terry, the check, because <laughs> I think as I talked about in the previous podcast, his style gets co-opted, um, by, especially commercial directors, I find. Um, you could say that, you know, maybe that style of almost documentary, um, sort of an almost like an ecstatic um, montage of uh, uh, magic hour <laughs> of, of reverie um, gets co-opted by commercial directors uh, or we can say the commercial directors are influenced by often this happens a lot. And so why I think it's funny that Malik himself has gone on to make, um, commercials, um, himself, but, uh, it, it comes up a lot and maybe I'm just overly sensitive to it. I'm going to, you know, cop to that, that maybe if this is just something that I'm overly sensitive to because, uh, of my interests, but Antonio Brown, so wide receiver, now of the New England Patriots, formerly of uh, Pittsburgh, was traded to um, the Raiders, uh, became immediately clear that he was not happy with being in the Raiders organization, and who could blame him, um, and uh, seemed to be uh, expressing his discontent in a number of different ways, refusing to wear the helmets that... Um, that that's become mandated, uh, wanting to have his own helmets, um, refusing to go to practices, um, apparently burning his feet in some sort of cryogenic chamber mishap. Um, and then finally, uh, last week he released a video, um, with footage of himself at home in games at practice working out with audio a voiceover if you will <laughs> of, of his coach John Gruden in what I guess was a surreptitiously recorded um phone conversation although it has now come out I think as of today Gruden has said that he gave the okay for this to be part of the video. I don't imagine why. Anyway, um, Gruden is praising, uh, uh, Antonio Brown in the, uh, in the video saying how he's misunderstood. Anyway, the images are beautiful. Um, they're black and white, striking black and white images. And it looks like a Terrence Malick movie. <laughs> it, it is images of his, of 
Brown's kids playing, of him working out sort of close-up images of, of him, you know, this sun-dappled um, scenes of a sort of floating um, camera, the swirling kind of camera that, um, that um, Malik and Lubeski have used. And I looked at this and I immediately thought, Terry, of course. But I thought, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just overly sensitive to this. If you go onto Twitter and you type Antonio Brown Malik, literally dozens of people have the same reaction. Dozens. Um, uh, saying this is, uh, didn't realize that uh, Malik was, was following Antonio Brown around, uh, all sorts of stuff. So I'm not alone. Um, the director, uh, who appears to uh, work for a Miami-based uh, production production company or marketing company, uh, Alejandro Nicasio, once again, potentially mispronouncing this person's name, goes by Twitter um, as uh, A.L. Stick Talk, I believe, um, <laughs> is the director of this uh, of this. Not a commercial. Like, I don't know what this is. Like, a short film? Uh, manifesto? Um, uh, it, it should be noted, uses music from Moonlight. Um, uh, uh, the uh, Barry Jenkins movie, Moonlight. Um, and um, so, obviously, that's, that's an influence as well. He has not responded to inquiries from Talking Terry, the Terrence Malick podcast that I, I put to him on Twitter uh, as to whether or not um, Malick is, um, is an overt um, uh, influence uh, on the uh, Antonio Brown um, video. I will report back to you as soon as I know. Um, uh, if, I, if I hear anything back from uh, AB Stick Talk, uh, no, AL Stick Talk, excuse me. Um, I'll let you know um, uh, as soon as I hear anything. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's um, that's all. Cut him the check. Cut, cut Terry the check. There was a Subway ad, I think, from Brazil, um, which was the most preposterous. Like, if you ever just look it up, this this ad. It, I, I shouldn't have even said Subway because that, that ruins the great punchline to this thing where you're watching this this um, extremely tree of life esque uh, birth to death uh, video of a of a of a person uh, growing up and, and uh, exploring their life and their and their sexuality <laughs> and rebelling and running free through the fields and you know, and it's and it's an ad for Subway, it's an ad for the five dollar foot long. Like it's wild. If you ever see this thing, that is that 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 guy should cut Terry a check. So, uh, that's been, uh, cut Terry a check. And actually that's, that's it for, um, uh, uh, talking Terry for this week. Um, hopefully I will have uh, someone on to discuss, um, the movies starting soon. I've got things, uh, things coming up and I want to say thank you very much to anyone who's listened to this. Please subscribe. Please leave a comment on iTunes. Uh, apparently that makes a difference. Um, so yeah, subscribe, uh, on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts or Podbean and uh, leave a comment. And yeah, thank you very much uh, for, for listening. Until next time, stay, stay, stay devout. Stay devout, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>